0: Today's episode of Speak Up Sis Podcast is sponsored by Beloved Serenity Clothing, an urban streetwear brand that is dedicated to encompassing peace and love through clothing. It's important that you love and feel comfortable in your skin as well as your attire. Show the world your peace matters when you wear Beloved Serenity Clothing. You can find them at BelovedSerenity.com That's BelovedSerenity with a C E-R-E-N-I-T-Y dot com Can this And welcome to Speak Up Sis podcast. This is the place where everyday women and men have an opportunity to share their stories to inspire yours. We say what you think no one wants to hear, but everyone needs to know. I'm your host, Angel Charmaine. And tonight, oh my goodness, y'all, I have brought the man back into the place who gave us a real raw honest authentic look at his at his personal testimony his personal story and you all were in my dms you were in my inbox you were emailing me like we need to know how he got over the hump how did he get to a place of winning and so of course I invited him back for part two of him too, and so Joe Stump is back in the building here on Speak Up Says podcast to share with us how he got to a place of overcoming and triumphing the devastating um, beginnings he had. So, Joe, thank you for coming back into the space and welcome back to Speak Up Says you. podcast. How you doing?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you.
0: Good, good. Well, you are looking mighty bright and handsome. (laughs) I'm loving the color.
1: Thank you. I love my favorite colors, you know, my bright colors.
0: Yes, you look fabulous. Thank you so much. So for those who may have missed part one, will you please share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do for a living currently?
1: yes so currently right now I am a recruiter for the National Guard um, and I live out here in Colorado with my three dogs um, I've had an opportunity to do a to do a couple modeling uh, gigs and I got published in a magazine on the cover of the magazine and uh, also got published internationally that's what's up that's what's
0: up so you're an internationally published model and you're also a member of our armed forces yes yes that's what's up that's what's up and that is that is why i like to mention that because i think it's important for people to get a glimpse of what um to put a face on what we're talking about I think a lot of times when we when we talk about childhood abuse and um, especially childhood sexual abuse and especially when we start adding men to the conversation, because the narrative is all around women. But I believe right now there's something like one every uh, every one in uh, four or one in five men will have to deal with some type of sexual abuse at some point in their lives. So I think it's important for people to see that. No, childhood sexual abuse happens to many people, even people who are in the armed forces, people who are beautiful models, right? People who have these wonderful, fabulous lives um, have had to deal with this type of childhood trauma. So I appreciate you for choosing to come into the space and share. So we're going to go ahead. You know, I don't like the jaw jack. I don't like all that small talk. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into where we left off. Um, in the previous episode, you told us that you got to a place where you were able to get out of this um, terrible foster care situation that you were in, and you sort of aged out of the foster care system. So tonight, I want us to talk to the people about what you did in order to get to where you are right now how is it that you're healthy and you're strong at this point
1: um so it was a, it was a struggle in the in the beginning um once you know once you're turned 18 it's like you there's nothing left for you the system had in my opinion the system just made their money off of you and they throw you out in the streets you might be have nowhere to go you might not have a place to live you might be homeless and at the time that's what it was for me is I didn't have I was into a couple of semi-independent family homes and but as you age out of them um they because that family's not getting paid anymore so you know, I was out of high school, just got out of high school and stuff, so I didn't have any place to live, and I became homeless uh, for a li- for a little bit. And, at, and I, at that time, I felt like all I was going to be was just another statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I heard about a program um, out in Grand Rapids. It was out in Grand Rapids, Michigan, known as Bethany Christian Services, and they found me a home. Um, but the home wasn't a place where I was technically allowed to live because it was for, um, they call it the, um, I forget what the actual, I can't remember the terminology for it, but it was, it wasn't for me, but there would have people that were from maybe Sudan or mm-hmm. people from, um, Afghanistan. Like refugees? Oh, re- yes. A refugee home. So it was technically a refugee home but they talked to the coordinators about it, ab- allowing me to live there. And at the time I was receiving social security mm-hmm. and I was able to afford the living there. Um, so I stayed there. And at that time i still didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't have a, I I didn't feel like I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know where I was going to go. I had no dri- drive of it doing anything. And <clears throat> At the time, I still hanged around with the wrong friends, um, still made some wrong choices um, and stuff like that. And I found out that there was going to be a mentor. I could get a mentor. And I said, yeah, I, I would love to have a mentor that can help me. And at the time, I'm like, "But well, I'm 18 years old. Who wants to mentor an 18-year-old? Right. Um, so it was, you know, I had one that came in and you know they were you know they to me they're my family um Kelly and Lena Obanoff um, they've been great people to me and they're the ones who took me under their wing and I've known them now since I was 18 years old so you know we're looking at what uh 13 years now Mm -hmm. and they've always been there for me no matter what Um, And, you know, I still at the time kind of pushed them away and stuff like that because, you know, they cared too much for me. They loved me too much. And I still did not understand what people, why do people care for me? Why are people loving me? Because I never had that. So I still pushed them away. But no matter how many times I pushed them away, they were still always there.
0: My goodness. You know, I got to sort of pause you right there for just a moment. Because I think it's important for people who want to be allies, people who want to help those of us who have um, dealt with childhood sexual abuse or any type of abuse as a child, right? To understand that it's, you gotta be, you gotta have some stick itness. And it sounds like you, it sounds like God placed you in a space with people with some stick itness. So no matter how much you pushed against kick scream don't hug me don't love me i'm not lovable they were like no you getting all this love and i think it's important for those who may be watching and you're wondering how can i help you know oh my goodness my heart is pouring out i want to be an ally know that you gotta have some stick with itness and so i'm gonna i'm gonna give a round of applause Um, to, to those people who saw you at that point in your life and said, no, we're not letting you go. And I think that is a huge benefit when you are a child, um, who's aged out of the system and, and, and you have no one for somebody to come along and stick it out with you. So, okay. So now you've got some people who are on your side. Are you still making some not so great choices? Oh no, I
1: made great choices now. Um, I've had a lot of people throughout, throughout my time, always being there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, it was the big no family, the King family. Mm-hmm. These, these are people that mean a lot to me right. and they've been there for me through thick and thin, um, through my ups and through my downs, through my good and through my bad. They've always been there for me, no matter what. Um, and that's what I consider my family. Um, but at the time when I was with, still with, you know, with everybody and to everybody, I still was making the wrong choices and right. stuff like that. And, you know, still didn't really care much and stuff, but, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to college for a little bit, um, went to college for a little bit, but it, it just wasn't for me at the time. Mm-hmm. I still did not have that mentality of be, of being an adult. Um, didn't know how to be one. And I took it, you know, I went to uh, to found out, you know, I had an aunt out in Texas that, you know, she offered me a place to live. And so I moved out to Texas and it wasn't a great situation at all. And I went there, I probably lived there for about four five months and got kicked out of the house. Um, and then moved, I moved right back you know, again, the big, the Obanoff family, Kelly and Lynette Obanoff again, brought me back and paid for me to come back to Michigan and, you know, help me find a place to live and help me get back, again, help me get back on my feet and, you know, they, they helped me with my first car, um. It was a 1989 Oldsmobile 88.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You must have some fun in that car because that smile you just gave and that laugh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was my first, it was my first car and I was excited and stuff like that. And, you know, I moved on with cars and over time, but, um, but as I started getting older and maturing and stuff like that, and, you know, I had a buddy of mine come up to me that I moved into with and, he was like, "Hey, you know, do you want to move to Virginia?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Virginia, uh, not really." <laughs> and because I was still making poor choices, you know, I was still doing certain drugs and stuff like that. Because you know, okay, so what...
0: and and you know, I'm going to jump in here because we're going <laughs> to get to the meat. You already know, yeah, I'm not, yeah. We're not Glossing <laughs> over we go. nothing. We need some people to get free. Okay. You keep saying, I made some bad choices. I made some bad choices. Angel, I made some bad choices. Joe, I need to know, what, what do you mean by bad choices? And the reason I'm asking is because I know that there are many people, like you and I, I'm a woman who dealt with childhood sexual abuse. You're a man who dealt with childhood sexual abuse. And so when we talk about making bad choices, I think it's important for people to understand what that, what that looks like so that when they look at themselves, they go, I can identify with that, right? And if, and if he did those things, if he dabbled and dabbled in those things and now look at him, I can do it as well. So I need you to expound a little bit okay. what those bad choices were, so, <laughs> a
1: few of them. I, um... So I would, you know, I was a sweet, I was a, sweet, a pothead. And not a lot of people knew that. Um, but I also was doing, I also did cocaine too. Um, that was the other drug. I didn't really do much of other stuff except for drink. So um, I went to work high. I would wake up in the morning high. I would go to, I would be on my break at work high. I would drive high. Um, and then I would still go to these parties. A lot of people didn't know this. So wow. a lot of people that are listening, this, they're going to be hearing, um, and then when I would party, I would, you know, I would do cocaine. Um, and cause you know, like to me, cocaine was a big party and you could drink almost everything you wanted to drink and mm-hmm. you can drink as much as you want. So I probably drink a lot all the time, wow. but I could hide it. And I hid it from people where people would not know that I was actually doing these things because I would lie to them like, oh, no, I was at this friend's house or something like that. When I was really with other people doing, uh, you know, snorting coke or smoking weed and drinking every single night and still waking up going to work. But I would go to work high. I mean, I had a lot of different jobs and got, I've been fired from many different jobs just because I had a nasty attitude mm-hmm. or I didn't care what they told me what to do. I right. told them, go, you know, I would say some bad words to them right. and stuff like that. And, and it was just on, on and on and on. And I kept on doing the same thing over and over and over, right. but I would tell everybody that, Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just working and stuff like that because I didn't want to look like I was a bad person to anybody and um but that was just the non stop nonstop thing but it was all a lie and and then you know time I did I see some you know at the time I was I saw counselors at sometimes but you know I didn't want to see them anymore so I'll just stop going where they would put me on medication like hey you need to be on this medication but I didn't want it I didn't want to be on that type of medication and um I ran into the wrong person at one time and I would buy some things Mm -hmm. and then lie or actually I would steal the product from a store Mm -hmm. and take it out of the store in any means by like in a backpack or whatever the case may be and bring it back and tell them that I lost the receipt. Gotcha. So I could get my money so I can get money that I never paid for because I never paid for it, but it was my, I would be getting this money back and I did it with a couple of friends where we would do, we would constantly do this thing, where we go to different stores—Target, Walmart, Myers, whatever the case could be—and we buy certain things like turkey, buy the big old turkeys, you know, things like 25 dollars. I would steal I, it and then take it right back to the store and saying that it was spoiled or it was it was I, rotten, just so I can get this money that I—it wasn't even mine in the beginning.
0: Did you at the time? Did you attribute? any of these behaviors to the abuse that you, um, that you incurred as a child. I think a lot of times um, people assume that the trauma is what is driving you consciously, but the, here again, as someone who's, who's lived through um, uh, abuse as well, did you find that while you were doing things, you didn't even link those things together? Or did you? Did you think to yourself, I'm going I'm lashing out, I'm rebelling because of what happened to me or whatever? Or were you just it, it doing these things? It, it was, was like it was both.
1: Mm-hmm. because it's like i grew up with not a lot of friends and i thought the people who were my friends mm-hmm. that i was doing these things were were my friends but in reality they were never my real friends because if i was really when i was in the slumps, they mm-hmm. weren't there they were only there to use me mm-hmm. so if that's all i was was actually being used but in my mind at the time i thought they were my friends because we would hang out, we would smoke weed, we would party, we would do these things together, we would go to the bars and stuff at night. But they were not my friends. Right. They were just using me to do these certain things so we can... But at one point, it got to a point where I'm like, oh, I got to stop. But when I, got, when I stopped, they got mad, and they basically threatened me if I didn't go and do these things. And so I basically... Didn't know what to do at the time, so I did do it. One, I did do it, and then, um, though, luckily, thank God, those people moved out of the state. Wow! Because if not, I would have been stuck constantly doing these things because they were not regular human beings. Got you. you know, they were they were in, they were actually in gangs. Right. And I was did not know at the time what I was going to be able to do, but those people left, so. I was refreshed once they left that I was able to move on. And that's wow. when at the, t- at the time I actually moved. That's when I actually moved to Texas. at gotcha. the time.
0: Divine intervention, divine intervention. It's like sometimes, not sometimes, God just knows. Like if I don't get him out of this, <laughs> he ain't getting out, right? If I don't get him out. So my goodness. So tell me, you said that you realized I got to stop. What? What happened? What was the thought process? Did something occur? What made you say, okay, this is enough and I got to stop it? What brought you to that place? Um, It was
1: when I started
0: realizing that
1: what am I like, you know, all you are is being a statistic right now. And one day you're going to end up in in jail or you're going to end up in things. And then I'm looking around and I'm like, I got people who really do care for me, and I'm not. And they don't even know that I'm doing these things. And, and what, how would they feel what I'm doing at this time? Well, how do you think would I feel like they would? Basically, how are they going to feel if I told them what I was doing? Right. They're going to be disappointed at me. They. I know that they would still be there for me mm-hmm. because. Because of other things that I've, I've I've done, they've always been there through me through thick and thin. Never let me go, but they would have been a disappointed. And that's when I got to thinking. I was like, I, I need to figure something else out. I need to get myself together. And I thought going to um, to Texas was a good was a good idea. And um, so I went when I did that it wasn't a good idea at the time. So I went back home and I just basically it was back to the same thing again, going, you know, smoking weed yada, and doing the same thing. And then one of my friend one of my, that's when one of my friends was like, Hey, do you want to move to, um, to Virginia? So that's when I moved to Virginia and I was like, and that's when I actually got my first dog before I moved to Virginia. That's, you know, Vividus, my old man who is been there through me through thick and thin, Uh you know, we've been homeless. We've been through every, we've been through so much in our lives, but he was the first dog that I rescued because they were going to put him down. Okay. And my buddy was like, you, do you want a dog and I said I would love to have a dog and that's I got to have this dog before in the house and before I moved to Virginia and that's when we moved to Virginia and my life started getting a little bit better um because so you got you know, a service I never
0: dog before you even knew you had a service dog
1: <laughs> right he you basically can, he can be my service dog because you know when I'm down, he's there for me. When I'm up, he's always there for me. And right. we've been through so much together. As many times as people have told me, you need to get rid of the dog. Because he was a big, you know, he's a big dog at the time, being an 84-pound black lab, you know. And nobody wanted a dog that weighs that much. Plus, apartment complexes cost too much. We'll be like, yeah, dogs. this dog weighs too much to be living here. Um so you can't have that dog here. So I lived in a lot of houses and um not houses. I rented a lot of rooms. And so the sorry, I got my dogs in here. They came in here.
0: So let let while, um, while you are while you're settling with your um with your babies over there, let me say this for those of you who may be new to Speak Up Since Podcast. Um, I need you to understand that this space is designed for people to share their stories in order to inspire you to share yours. This is not a scripted format. This is not a place where I tell people how to share or, you know, we don't manicure the sharing. We don't polish it up and make it cute for you no i invite people into this space so that they can overcome so they can heal and so they can help other people do the same thing and to know that they can get through just like my guests can get through so if you're watching this and you're expecting like i don't know what you're expecting no problem. No problem. <laughs> This ain't the show for that. So, professional. (laughs) uh, Listen, we, we, this, this is a place of strength and healing. It's a safe space. And so, I allow my guests to share whatever it is that they want to share and how they feel most comfortable sharing. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So sometimes you all may see a guest with some kids. You may see a guest with some puppies, but guess what? This man is doing something that many people just can't wrap around their heads to do. He has shared with us about childhood sexual abuse and when we think about that we typically think about women the whole me too movement was about women right but no it's important for us to understand that men deal with these types of things as well it's just as important Um, To to talk about it and to give them safe space to talk and to share their stories and, and not just go with the narratives that have been created for us. Okay, so I just wanted to throw that out there for those of you who may be new to the space so that you all are not judging my friend Joe. (laughs) <laughs> so joe you got to the place you got you got your dog you're 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 growing you're getting healthier you're beginning to make better decisions there's been some divine intervention right did you at some point say i need a therapist i need a counselor did you go through therapy oh
1: uh, i went through therapy uh, I had a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist um, when I was younger, but I refused to have them when I was older. Um, I, didn't, I didn't want them. Um, do I think a therapist is good for people? Absolutely. Um, I just don't think a therapist is good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the fact I don't like certain ways that they talk. Uh, like when they tell me, um, I understand, no, you don't understand me. In my opinion, you don't understand because we're two different people and we, we don't have the same mindsets. Mm -hmm. So when you, it's like, it's kind of like how if someone passes away, the way that you take how someone passes away, is not going to be the same way as I will take it. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that you understand, no, you don't understand because we're two different people. So that was my whole contact with therapists, and and one thing I just do not like psychiatrists because I felt like all they wanted to do is push push medication on you. So with the with the medication, I just don't think medi- medication can be good for people. But I don't. I just think it's one of those things that that's all they think about is medication, medication, medication. And we're putting too many kids on medications and they're not being, and I feel like kids should be themselves. They don't need to be on all these different types of medication. Let them live their life as a kid and enjoy it because this, these medications just brings them down. And to me, I think it changes who they really are as a, as a kid. So therapist was not really for me. But is it good for other people? Absolutely. I would never say never to go see a therapist. I would tell people, if that is your calling, then do it. But if it's not, there could be other ways that you could see. Maybe you have a really good friend that you can talk to. Maybe it's your pet that you can talk to. Maybe it's whatever you believe, your religious beliefs, whatever it is, maybe that is for you. Um, everybody has has a different way of that they can cope things, or they can talk to somebody about it, or to get through through things. Um, it just depends on the person. It's what what's your comfortability when it comes to that. Maybe it is um, a therapist. Maybe it is God. Maybe it's your whatever your religious beliefs.
0: Right. So what do you use? What type, what is, what's your route? Um, I know that I believe I saw this correctly that you are, um, a believer in God is, is that your, your healing place, your safe space? Um,
1: yes. I mean, I go to church every, I do go to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't pray every single day. Um, I'm not a, like, I don't push religion a lot as mm-hmm. a, but cause I do believe cause I, one thing is, is I don't believe in religion. I believe it's, um, you don't have to have a religion, a religion to believe it's, it's having faith. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's one of the things is, is I don't believe in religion. I believe that there's a God and to have faith in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, for me, is i am I'm really hard headed in a way, and I'm very um strong when it comes mentally strong in a way in a way where i can hand i can deal with the things and the way to be honest, the way I cope with a lot of things mm-hmm. is i will actually and everybody's gonna know this now is I will actually cry in my behind closed doors where nobody sees, really. Yes because that's, that's that's just the way I can handle it. I don't like to cry in front of people because uh-huh. I feel I feel like I'm weak even though it's not a weak thing. I would never right. say it's a weak thing because do, men do cry. Mm-hmm. Men cry and it's okay to cry. But I just prefer to do it in in my bedroom and when I'm punching my pillow or something.
0: <laughs> I love that you that you cry. I mean, whether or not you cry in front of people or you cry to the puppies, you know, the fact that you release, I think that's what's important is that the release takes place. You know what I'm saying? There are so many people who need to release. They need to cry. They won't even cry by themselves. Um, So I like that, that you cry and you know, when you need to cry, and you know, that it's okay to cry. Um, so I think that's, I think that's a really good thing. You know how that is a difficult thing to get a lot of men to do, whether or not (laughs) they're alone or with other people. So you're also, um, a fitness guy, as we all can see from your Instagram, right? Um, (laughs) is fitness a part? Of your healing journey, do you use exercise um, as a, as a healing technique?
1: Yes, um, exercising has been my coping for the for you know the last few years. I got into it you know back you know a couple years ago. I was I probably only weighed about hundred and fifty something pounds, and you know now I'm sitting at about one hundred and eighty, mm-hmm. and it's just it's been my coping to release stress you know my depression um when i go to the gym i get people tell me they're afraid to talk to me because they're intimidated by me Mm -hmm. but i tell them you shouldn't be because i'm just i'm a nice guy i'm just when i'm at the gym I'm, i'm focused at the gym that's what i'm there for it's like i'm not there to be on my phone i'm not there to be talking and stuff is it okay to talk to me yes i but I'm, that's what I'm there for because that's my that's my go-to I put my music in and I'm just focused on what I'm doing um, and I think that would be that's a good thing for a lot of people I think whatever it could be even if it's just walking outside or whatever walking um, your treadmill inside lifting weights yoga whatever your it is I think that exerc any type of certain type of exercising is good for your body and your mind just to release whatever you're dealing with can it be stress, depression, hatred against somebody, whoever, whatever it is. I think fitness is a really good thing to, for a lot of people to do. And you don't have to be the most fittest person in the world. I, I, I don't look, I don't go to the gym and see that there's a big person there that I think that's amazing that, there's a big person at the gym that's trying to lose weight. They're trying. And I think that's an amazing thing. I don't think anybody should be judged at, a, at the gym because maybe they're struggling, too. You don't know what you never know what someone is actually struggling with unless you talk to them.
0: Well, thank you, Joe, for not judging me <clears throat> when you see me at the gym. I'm just saying. I appreciate. I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that that you don't, you know, that you that you don't judge us, um, you know, BBWs when we show up in the gym. I, that. I just think I just try, I think it's me. I change who
1: I am as a person all the way around. Now, can I get irritable at times? Does the past? From what happened, uh-huh. can things trigger me? Yes, there things can. Can I get irritable even at work? Yes, there are things that get me irritated, and sometimes I get frustrated really quickly. Mm-hmm. But at times, I try to figure out how to deal with it, and that might be with me catching a little attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just—it's not that I'm trying to. But at times, can I get really? Can I get angry at really angry at times? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I still struggle with that, but. I will walk away. I learned I learned how to walk away in the moment because I don't want to explode. So by the only way that I can deal with a certain if if I'm getting too mad, Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk away. And my biggest thing is is there have been people who will escalate the situation, Uh and I'll say it's stop you're you're causing too much you're 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 antagonizing the situation right. so my whole thing is is i have to walk away if that's even up to get my car and drive away to um walk out go or get go outside of my of my work area and get some fresh air i gotta do that i think that everyone can should do should do that because your past can still trigger your trigger things that happen on a day-to-day basis a but i feel like it, it, it just, you have to be strong. You have to be strong to deal with it. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person because I'm not perfect at all. Mm-hmm. I still can catch an attitude and still get ain't really angry at people. But I, and I will, and that's when I will, sometimes when I say I cry because that's when I will go close my door and I'll cry because I'm like, I don't mean to be like that. I don't mean to be mad at someone like that or to get angry or frustrated at someone. And at times I'll just ask God, I'm like, why am I like this? Can you help me? Mm-hmm. And, and I tell people, you know, so people that are people who are listening is it's okay if to get angry and to get frustrated, but it's the way that you deal with it. Yes, That's the biggest thing. It's the way that you deal with it. So if you're going to take it on somebody at least don't take it out on them go somewhere else and take it out on a pillow or your bed or whatever go hit a tree yeah you might hurt your uncle your yes. hands or something but I, I mean I'd rather have someone hit a tree than hit a person to yes. cause damage to a person that they're going to it's going to hurt them um, so I just say when it, when it comes to this type of stuff in your past, You just got to find a different way to deal with the situation. And as we talked about counseling and therapy, if that is your calling, then that's what you should go do is to go see a counselor, go see, maybe you have your favorite teacher or something and you can go talk to your teacher. I've had some really great teachers, but as I stated in the first video, I would lie to them. So but I'm, in a, I'm an adult now and I understand what happened in the past. I cannot change it. You right. cannot change that. You only have to, you, ha- you have to live for today, for t- tomorrow. That's the only way you're going to be able to keep on moving on is to keep on focusing on the future, the future. What do you have going for yourself? If that, if you have a dream, fulfill that dream, keep following that dream. Um, because that's that's what I'm I'm constantly telling myself is the military my last stepping stone. This is my last contract with them because <laughs> I want to get out and I, right. I want to fulfill something else. I I believe I have so much goals and I my goal is to I want like I was saying I want to help other people to be able to overaccomplish. Like my goal is, you know, I always I'm on Instagram and people see is I'm always. You know, shouting, doing a shout out for people because I want people to see what this, this company has to offer. What does Angel Charmaine have to offer the people? She's here to tell people our stories, to help get our stories out there, to maybe help other people that are struggling, that may have gone through what I've gone through. Because right. I will never say my past is worse than any other body's past because it's not but my past is my past and your past is your past and how we deal with it is a totally different way. But if you, you just have to figure a way how to deal with it, that is going to be better for you. Right. I can't, I, you know, I can, we, everybody can give you solutions and options, but at the end of the day it's on you on how you can deal with that situation or how you're going to control yourself when, it, when you come up to with these situations, you know? Right.
0: I, I told you, so everybody, I told Joe and, um, <laughs> and my studio, uh, my wonderful studio people at King's Broadcasting Studios, Gary and Mike, they are the bomb. I was telling them when I first came on that I wanted my hair to be big and everything because I was feeling like this big lioness energy, feeling really nurturing and just kind of protective and i'm sitting here and i'm watching joe talk and it's like i it's like i'm getting to see him blossom right before all of our very eyes and you just got so comfortable right there in that in that place and and i felt like there it is that's like the sweet spot let me tell you when you were talking i didn't want to interrupt you because you were in that space but I want to say to you that you are doing a fabulous job and you are aware. Self-awareness, that's a huge thing to, to know that I'm getting angry right now and I'm getting ready to punch you in your mouth. So I'm gonna walk away from you. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing that I'm angry or even getting angry. People who have never been abused um, in, in, in this way or anyway get angry, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But for you to be aware and then to give yourself options, strategies, ways out to take the way out right so that you do no harm to to other people listen man get I want you to give yourself some grace and I think I said this to you earlier give yourself some grace because you are doing a fabulous job I am honored to have met you in this space to continue getting to know you and and all of these wonderful things um I want to ask you this about the previous episode um, because I think sometimes there's a roadblock for people, especially men. I'm gonna say people in general, but I think I I I don't know because I'm not a man, but I would think this may be an issue of sharing. And hearing what people had to say about your sharing when you shared the first time, because that first one, if you have not listened to the first episode, you got to listen to it to hear sort of the heart of his, his story. Okay. His beginning. But when, after you shared that, did you get backlash? Did you get any type of negative, um, feedback or was it positive? What was the feedback after that first episode? Um, actually
1: I got no negative feedback. Um a lot of people they really liked my story and they want to know more. They want me to go in more detail because like I can't tell you my whole story in 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 in, in an hour, an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. I, I can't do it all because it's so much. Like I could sit here for days to tell you it's like you ever, anybody heard the book called the child called it Mm -hmm. by Dave Peltzer. It's like his story. He had to write a book and he's out here doing speeches about his past. And it's just like that. My story is like his story, but it's different. He has to write a book and several different books for you to understand what he went through throughout that. Now I don't have the memory anymore that I can remember of it because of too much brain damage from, you know, being hit as a, as a child and the stuff. So I can't remember every single thing, but I can remember certain things, but the people came were like, hey, you helped me to enlighten myself. You helped me be able that I can speak about it. You helped me be able to overcome what I'm dealing with and or the people that I've t- that said that they were able to that they're still working on what they're dealing they're, that they're dealing with, and some people ask me what can they what can they do, and I'll tell them what they can do. I give them suggestions, but I said at the end of the day, it's on you. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to find in yourself deep. In, you have to dig deep, right? You have to go in deep in your heart, your mind, your soul, whatever the case can be to figure out what you need help with. Right. I don't, I I can only tell you or give you suggestions and same thing for anybody else. They can only give you suggestions, but it's going to take you to actually accomplish it and to do it. And so I'm, I had really great feedback that people were like, when's part two coming? When's part two coming? I was like, it's coming. Just, (laughs) just be patient. Um, So there was a lot of, it, it was a lot of people like asking, like, They were like, I I would have never thought that happened to you. And a lot of people were sorry about it. But I'm like, don't be sorry because I don't live in the past. I don't live in the past anymore. I'm just here to tell my story. And I'm I'm still going to tell my story. My goal is to keep on telling my story because I think people need to hear my story because I feel like if I keep telling my story, other people will be able to open up. And tell their stories, and I, that's what I want because the only way you can get out of this situation that you're dealing with is to speak up about it, to talk about it, to get it out. Because don't, stop holding it in. Because all you're doing when you're holding it in, you're just gonna is it, all it, you're just building up for this anger to stay in there, and then you explode, and you're gonna explode. You don't know what you're going to do because you black out, or whatever the case may be, or you start drinking too much or well, you start doing drugs, or whatever the case may be. I just So a lot of people came to me and were like, I really liked your story, can't wait for part two. And I, and I tell them, well, I want people, um, my goal at the end of this whole entire thing is hopefully I helped somebody. I can't help, I can't change everybody, but my goal is I, I hope I can change one person. If I can change one person, that means I did my job. And I hope that person will do the exact same thing that they go and t- tell their story or they help somebody else. Or maybe they s- they share my videos to other people to so maybe that will be their way, their calling to help that. Per- they might have somebody or a child or a person that might be in the juvenile system that could hear my story that, you know, because I've been in the juvenile system. I've been in the foster care system. I've been in the semi-independent. I'm an adult now. I've been there. I've done it. So the, it was, it was a really great opportunity the first time around to hear a lot of good feedback from people. Mm-hmm. And then even seeing the, the comments on the YouTube where people are like, Oh my gosh, this story make people are even asking me, I should make a movie or do a TV show. And oh. I'm like, I wish I could do that. I wish I had the opportunity to do that, but who knows? I might have that opportunity
0: Almost oh, definitely, if that's if that's the opportunity that you want, then that's the opportunity that you will have. And like I said, just watching you open up and share um, has been beautiful. And I pray that in in your different spaces that you'll be able to continue to share, whether it's through your modeling platform or you create a whole totally different platform, um, I'm grateful that I got an opportunity to listen to your story and to help you get voice to your story. So I appreciate you, Joe, so much um, for doing this. And I know a lot of times people want to hear certain things, right? Juicy, juicy stuff. That's not what this platform is about. This platform is about helping people overcome so that they can help other people overcome. And I do believe that you're going to do some amazing things. Um, I'm going to be watching and just know I am here to help in any way that I can. You've got another one with some stick (laughs) with (laughs) it-ness. So you make sure that if you need anything, you can reach out to Angel Charmaine and Speak Up This Podcast. We're going to be right here to help support what it is that you um, choose to do beyond this. So before we leave, do you have um, something that you would like to share to, maybe there's a man out there who is, Still finding it a little difficult to open his mouth um, and and deal. Is there something you would like to say to that man?
1: I would say, you know, if if you whoever is listening that if you're struggling and you don't know way, you can talk to me. I mean, I do receive a lot of messages, but you can. T- I try to re- I try to respond to all my messages. But I will respond. But if I can't respond, I can, and I know I do know other people you can talk to. You know, you can, for instance, people can reach out to to you. I mean, you have that that background, and I have other people who have been my mentors and stuff that they could reach out to and talk to them. Maybe they could speak up. But I say to speak up about what you're going. It doesn't make you weak. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, a lot of you, a lot of men, and I don't want to say a lot of you men because. That means I'm calling everybody. But a lot of men, we're afraid to speak up about things because it makes us feel like we're weak. In reality, we're not weak. It's we're actually we are actually a stronger person when we do speak up about mm-hmm. our past, or we speak about when we are wrong, or we speak about what we what, that we are angry. That it takes a it takes a strong man to be able to do that. But if you are out there and that you are struggling, please reach out and talk to somebody, even myself, or if you had that person that you can talk to, talk to them. Um, and that's what I'm going to leave it at with that is being, you know, be a strong man. Don't, you're not, you're not a weak, speak up. Um, and then I want to also say is thank you, uh, Angel Charmaine, for this great opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I want to also say to you know the people who've been there for me through thick and thin, that they mean the world to me, and there's nothing I could do to repay them back because they've been, they've done so much for me, and I love them from the bottom of my heart. And I'm going to keep on showing them that I'm going to keep on bettering myself because there's I still have to, I I still have room for improvement. I'm going to keep on bettering myself, but I want to say that I love the Obinov family. I love the Big Nol family. And I love the King family and everybody else who's been there for me. That uh, They mean the world to me. And again, thank you, Angel Charmaine, for this wonderful and great opportunity.
0: That's what's up, brother. All right, everybody. That's it for tonight's show. I appreciate every single one of you who showed up tonight. Joe, you're amazing. You got a new sister, okay? It's a different sister from another mister and all the rest of that <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) you got another sister here and I appreciate you. So listen, everyone. Speak Up Sis podcast is all about sharing stories from everyday people to inspire you to speak up and share yours. You can connect with me via uh, my website, which is speakupsis.com. You can also follow Sis Podcast on Instagram at SpeakUpsis Podcast. We're also on Facebook at SpeakUpsis Podcast and Twitter at SpeakUpsis Pod. I love to hear your thoughts about tonight's show. You can connect with me in the DM or inbox, or you can send me an email at contact at speakupsys.com. You can also, if you didn't catch this while he was on, you can connect with Joe on his Instagram. At Fit Joe Cole, C O. Fit Joe Cole. Did I get that right, Joe? Yes, you did. All right. So I want to make sure that you all find him, connect with him, and uh, make sure that you let him know just how much him sharing his story inspired you tonight. And with that, everybody, don't forget to open up your mouth and speak up. We'll see you next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye. Thank you for listening today to Speak Up Sis Podcast. I invite you to visit me online at speakupsis.com and subscribe to receive updates on future Speak Up Sis Podcast episodes. Also, I'd like to thank our generous supporters. You all helped make it possible for me to continue to create this safe space for everyday people to share their stories to inspire the stories of others. If you're listening and you'd like to support Speak Up Cis Podcast, click support in the app or visit speakupsis.com to make a one-time contribution. Remember, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So until next time, open up your mouth and speak up.